When you choose the topic of your podcast, you want something obviously that's going to be exciting to you 50 episodes down the road. I am a mother of two. I've got a full-time job. I have two podcasts and I love being a podcaster. I love showing up with unique ideas. There are times where I've been so burnt out in life that I'm like, I don't know if I can even keep podcasting. I have made money outside of the podcast because of it, but I have not done traditional advertising. As a podcaster, most of us go through that where you're like, man, I thought it would be like a hockey stick just going straight up. I needed to do what was not going to necessarily make me money. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It's, it's, uh, it's noise at this point. Like I didn't want to ask them the same kind of stuff and the obvious stuff and wanted to make a personal connection. And like every time I would think about it, my stomach would get knots and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, you know? I think there are ways to artfully and masterfully ask questions that are going to be powerful and meaningful. The worst thing I think to do is to put yourself below who your guest is. Like, I think it would be a really great way to kind of figure out how do you hit them right out of the gate. Welcome to Inside the Podcast Studio, the show where we go behind the scenes with successful independent podcasters to help and inspire you on your podcast journey. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, the finale of season one of Inside the Podcast Studio... I talked to the host of the podcaster's journey and culture changes, Alison Hare. So in this episode, you're going to learn how Alison prepares for her interviews, how to grab your listeners' attention right out of the gate, the key to longevity in podcasting, how to get your audience to share your show authentically, and much, much more. So without further ado, here is the season finale of season one of Inside the Podcast Studio with my guest, Alison Hare. Before we get started, so I'll just give you the caveats I like to give everybody because I don't do a pre I don't do a pre interview, which I think do you do a pre interview for your shows like when you have guests? No, I don't like it at all. Okay, awesome. All right, cool. Because I was I had I've heard you on a couple of podcasts and I've heard people talking about pre interviews and I was like I bet Alison does a pre interview because her conversations are always really great. So I'm glad to hear that you don't do it. I don't like them at all. But again, it depends. I think if it is somebody who's not used to being interviewed and, you know, you're talking about a really sensitive topic, then it probably makes sense to do a pre-interview. But for me, I, uh, it, it, it ruins the surprise for me. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same. I feel like it would be weird, especially if it didn't go well, because it's like we could have had a really good podcast and now we probably can't because, you know, you don't like me or whatever the thing is. Um, right. that's, that's probably my own issue. But then also, yeah, I like I like the idea of the guests. Like they don't know what there's going to be asked and you don't know what they're going to say. So then you have a more like natural conversation. Yes, I agree. All right, cool. So I want to get into like culture changes. I want to get into the podcaster's journey, which was like a huge inspiration for this podcast. And I want to I get into all of that stuff. But before we get into it, something that I'm really intrigued about is everybody is something outside of podcasting. So outside of podcasting, who is Alison Hare? The right answer is I'm a mother and a wife <laughs> and a daughter and a sister and all of that. From a, a public facing perspective, I'm a technology salesperson and I've been in tech sales for over 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm a tech person. So I, I, oh, good. I, I probably build the stuff that you sell. Yeah, that's cool. That's probably right. I, I'm not a tech person, but I could sell it. See, this is why I find interesting because otherwise, if not knowing that, I, I knew that you did sales, but I was like, 
does she still do sales? Because in my head, it's like you're a yeah. podcast celebrity. So you don't do sales. You do <laughs> podcasting and that's it. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right. So you have, so you have two podcasts, right? Culture Changes and Podcasters Journey. And Culture Changes is currently, I think it's one or two episodes shy of a hundred. That's right. So I want to talk about the show, but before we get into that, so you have a show that has a hundred episodes. I have another podcast that is like on maybe 47 or something like that. And for me, that was really hard to get it to 47 because after like the initial gloss wore off, it was just mm. like, okay, now it's like I have to edit every week and I have to do this and I have to do that. And it kind of stopped being a bit fun. So how did you like stay motivated to get to your 100 episodes and 100 episodes of like good content, not I'll put something out this week because, you know, I have to. That is such a great question. And, you know, it'd be nice if if I could tell you that I never stopped, but I paused it and have had a journey of um, of twists and turns and not because so culture changers, when you choose the topic of your podcast you want something obviously that's going to be uh, exciting to you 50 episodes down the road. And for me, you know, the people that think differently, people that are changing how we live, how we think, how we, um, how we interact with each other, how we cope with ourselves is really fascinating, endlessly fascinating for me. But there is the minutia of of editing and publishing and, and booking interviews as you and I know, you know, like we had to go through a couple of uh, different tries to get on the phone today. So there's a lot of outside factors. And I think from my perspective, the content is endless, but I edited my podcast myself and did everything for the first year. And then I outsourced it. And I actually love editing and I'm not great at technology, but I love editing. But I, I thought, you know, if I'm going to be continually doing this, I need to outsource some of it. So I needed to do what was not going to necessarily um, make me money or something that I just didn't have time for. So I am a mother of two. I've got a full-time job. I have two podcasts and a lot on my plate, as you can imagine. And I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a social person as well. So I did, uh, I don't know, maybe 75 different episodes. And then I had this idea because I had been helping other people build their podcasts on the side. And I thought, you know, this is so exciting to me too. I could talk about this all day. So I decided to launch a second podcast called The Podcaster's Journey, where, where it was a real time experiment on how to launch and grow a show and do it differently. And so that's what I did there. So I paused culture changers or, or I should say I published less frequently or more. Um, yeah, I published less frequently. It's not what you're supposed to do, but it was right for me. Just thinking about it. Did you feel any way about pausing it? Because like you said, you're supposed to, the, the thing that you get told is consistency, right? If you mm -hmm. say it's going to come out every Tuesday forever, it needs to come out every Tuesday forever. So was that a hard decision to say, like, I'm going to pause it to do this other thing? It's always hard to do that. And, you know, like the truth is my mother was dying. And so at the, at the time and I was taking care of her. So, you know, it becomes really easy to put things on the back burner when, you know, when you're dealing with real life and death things. But also, I actually feel like the world is far more forgiving on consistency through COVID, you know, like all the things you should shouldn't do. Are, are kind of out the window. You know, people are just trying to survive 
And I think to hold yourself to some standard, you know, I think as, as long as you're honest with yourself and, you know, if you have advertisers and people that are counting on you, that is one thing. I think I've used my podcast to, I have made money outside of the podcast because of it, but I have not done traditional advertising. I don't have advertisers relying on me. I do have audience that, you know, likes and cares about my content. And, you know, like I would, I would, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a lot more active on social media and more present consistently on that. And it just had to be okay. That's what I needed. And so it, while it was hard to put down and I'm such a, uh, I'm big on commitments. Like if I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there and that's it. There's, you know, you never have to ask again if, uh, if I'm going to be there, I'll show up. But, um, yeah, I think it's a lot more flexible now, more forgiving. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is going to be one of those things where it's like just random editing. Like, why are they talking so weird? <laughs> um, so, so before we move on, sincerely, my condolences uh, about your mom. Thank you. I, I, I just, I, I feel like this stuff is like people don't want to talk about it, but it also feels weird to like, just, you can't, somebody can't say that. And then you just breeze past and be like, oh, so tell me about your podcast. Cause to me, that's just, you know. That's just, I don't know. It's not respectful. Well, so, well that, thank you. Go. I thank you for the respect. It, it actually was a, a very beautiful death, believe it or not. And uh, if you're going to ever ask for how to go, my mom did it the right way. And that was, has really helped with the grief part, you know, and also is kind of, I think uh, when everyone deals with life, you know, big life bombs that happen. And I think in this case, I feel like I'm breaking wide open every week with some something, not like a bomb, but like something I'm discovering about myself and um, and about how I show up. And that is very powerful and meaningful. So I appreciate it and, and sincerely accept your condolences. Thank you for your acknowledgement. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll navigate slowly back to the, the podcasting stuff. Do whatever you want. It's a conversation. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So I listened, I actually listened to the episode because I know you released one that was um like kind of about your childhood, but also about your mom, which I thought was like a really nice, I, I think tribute, I would call it a nice tribute. A matriarchy. Yeah. 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 I thought that was awesome. And also I thought it was kind of I don't know if brave is the right word. It might just be because I would find it brave to do that, like to kind of put that out there. And also it seemed like really soon after it happened, like you put it out there and it's really strange to listen to it and enjoy it in a weird sort of way, but it seemed like a nice thing to do. So, so that, that kind of brings up a point. So I felt like releasing the podcast called the patriarch, the matriarchy was matriarchy, yeah. really a commentary on culture and what I learned from my mother's passing. So it was less sad and depressing and more, you know, a commentary on that. But for me, I also felt like it was what I needed to heal and to process. And, you know, like having a podcast, having a, a platform and an opportunity to kind of express your feelings and process them in a way that allows you to articulate what's in your heart with what you're feeling. I think is, is such a gift. And I think, you know, there, there are times and I'm, I've been public about this where I've been so burnt out in life that I'm like, I don't know if I can even keep podcasting. It just is so much. It'd be nice to just take a break. And then I think about having that platform. And that was right around the time when my mother was passing where I'm like, what am I even doing? You know, I love it. 
And I love being a podcaster. I love showing up with unique ideas and unique people and people that are doing groundbreaking things. I just didn't feel like I had the energy to be able to keep doing it consistently and to show up like I promised I would. But I also feel like having an outlet to express yourself is, I couldn't imagine a better way to be able to do that and feel like it is part of your own process of kind of revealing your own truth and hopefully other people relate to that as well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I also like feel like podcasting is probably the most intimate way to share your experiences compared to like blogging or video because it's literally somebody's just in your ear and the only kind of thing that you, you basically just hear them you don't get to see facial expressions you just get to hear them and focus on that and yeah I think that that makes a huge a huge difference to like that experience and it makes it much more personable for people as well I agree all right so in terms of the podcasting so I was going to ask you like why is podcasting so important but I, I feel like you've kind of covered a really good piece of that so I'm gonna I'm just gonna breeze past that and I wanted to get into a bit of the podcaster's journey right so the podcaster's journey I, I discovered that when I was looking for basically I wanted to create this show and I was like is there a show that's already like this because if there is I just want to listen to it I don't want to make it like I want to make this show because I want to listen to it and I found your show and I like I think I found it when it was at like 12 episodes so I binge listened the whole thing I was like this Thank is great you. oh my goodness and then and, and, yeah, no, it was like in like two days, I listened to the whole thing. And as I was going along, you know, you had, um, you've had guests on there. You've had, like, you mentioned people just randomly. You'd be talking about something and you'd be like, oh yeah, Cindy Robinson does blah, blah, blah. And so I'd message Cindy Robinson. I was like, do you want to be on the show? And she said, yes. And I was like, cool. But if it wasn't for that show, I would have no idea who she was. So like half of the guests that I would have had from this show, I would have heard from you talking about them. You're like my dream. You're like my dream listener. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it basically inspired this show. But what I wanted to know was why did you start the show? Mostly because you have a hugely successful podcast, right? And you put it on pause to start the show. And I feel like you could have not done that. And then also you kind of turned it into an experiment. So I kind of was just curious, like, because you could have just put out, this is how you podcast. It didn't have to be, you know, I change the intros up and do different things and all this kind of stuff. So, so why did you decide to do that? Uh, so I'll be completely honest here. It depends on your definition of success. Culture Changers has never been a success in terms of a ton of downloads, but it has been a success for meaningful conversations that come back to me, meaning people that have been moved by it or people that have shared it or people that, uh, you know, like you have found somebody that could help them in their lives and they reach out and connect with some of my guests. And so there was a level of frustration with culture changers being something I love so much. And I say that because as a podcaster, most of us go through that where you're like, man, I thought it would be like a hockey stick just going straight up. And, um, you know, and I've, I felt like it wasn't, but at the, at, at the other aspect of it, it was almost like, are you calling my baby ugly? Why aren't more people listening to it? This is like right, right, right. something yeah. I'm so passionate yeah. about. But at the same time, I was also helping people build their podcast. People would ask me about it. I have a degree in broadcasting and I love all the back backend stuff about it. I love um, publishing. I love recording. I love equipment. I love um, figuring out what equipment could make it easier. And also content. I love content development and helping others take their ideas where they have these 
blobs of all kinds of different ideas and they're trying to figure out how do I make this into something that is going to be meaningful and is something that I can express myself in a way or is going to make me money from my business that I'm trying to have, you know, like uh, launch a podcast almost as a marketing arm to my business. How do I do it in an authentic way? And so I would help them and loved it so much that I was like, let me, let me start again. Let me start brand new and figure out what can I do with this? So I experimented and did advertising, you know, in, in some aspects, I really played around with the sounds and instead of having the traditional uh, structure of like intro, interview, outro, you know, and then music kind of peppered in, I started to do like bits or even sound bites or things that would immediately draw people in. And what happened was it got so fun to play around with the format and to kind of flex the format. So from a creative aspect, it was really fun to do that and talk to other podcasters that aren't used to talking about the art of podcasting. They're used to talking about whatever their subjects were. And it was fun to talk to these masters and people that are killing it, whether it is in, you know, advertising or uh, in Instagram or using social media to grow your podcast or marketing or all kinds of different expertise. So it was just a fun, it was a fun tangent, I should say. Okay. That, that makes sense to me. That's kind of the experience that I've had with this in terms of guests, because a lot of them come on the show and they're just used to going on shows and talking about whatever their specialty their right. is about. Yeah. yeah. And then they get to come on the show and then you ask them questions about podcasting and they, and I feel like also they've realized like, oh, I know a lot about this subject that I kind of just took for granted because yes. I just do a podcast. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah, no, totally. I yeah. Get you that. know, exactly, Rob. Yeah. 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 This is, this is the experience I've had before. And also, cause every time I've, I've done these interviews. So my first guest was Travis Brown, who you had on the podcast journey, which is how I found I him. I love him. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. And, and he's like the ideal guest because I could ask him anything. And he'd turn it into, like, I, I could ask him about what he had for breakfast and he could turn it into like a great answer about podcasting. So it's like, I uh-huh. didn't, so, so that was awesome. And in the interview, he kept saying like, oh, you're asking, this is a great question. This is a great question. And I was like, yeah, he probably says that to everybody. And then I realized after a while, it's not necessarily, it's a great question. It's just people don't generally, like Travis is an exception because he talks about podcasting, but most of my guests don't. And so when you ask him these questions, they're like, oh, I didn't really think about that. So that's definitely a uh, part of the fun of doing a show like this for sure yeah it's a different muscle that they're exercising but yeah. they know a lot about so yeah. it is it is kind of a, a breath of fresh air i bet for you and for your guests yeah no for sure for sure it is just a quick interruption and then we'll get right back to the conversation i just wanted to tell you if you haven't yet subscribed and followed this podcast in your podcast app of choice then make sure you go and do that so you don't miss a future episode of inside the podcast studio and also make sure you hit that auto download button so as soon as an episode is released it will get downloaded straight to your device and it's ready for you to listen and now let's get back to the conversation and then something that i wanted to ask about the the experiments that you did or well, i guess from the whole process of doing that show right because I, I know it's like it's not finished but it's also going to be like a sporadic kind of it sounds like a yeah. podcast blog of 
how your other podcast and the podcasty stuff is going. But yeah. from, from doing the show, which I also thought was a great idea because I've never heard of anybody doing it like that. Um, but from doing the show, like what's the most interesting either experiment that you run or thing that you learned that you could then apply to culture changes? I think uh, hands down, it is uh, catching people in the first 30 seconds of audio. Mm, okay, yeah. And what that looks like is usually not music, just straight music. It's usually not, here's what you're going to hear on today. It might be a clip of your guest of a bomb that's being dropped that is going to immediately hook people, or it might be something silly. It might be, um, and so it does require a little bit of thought. And so for instance, I'm doing, I'm relaunching culture changers and I'm doing a whole series on sex and I will probably, uh, I, I, this is going to be edgy for me to do. And I'm a little embarrassed to even talk about it, but it is not, it's not sex, like just salacious stuff. It's actually like the psychology behind BDSM. And, uh, you know, um, I, I interviewed a Hollywood sex addict, you know, like what is life like for people that really, really dive into this or even sexual trauma and sex, you know, like how, how do people process those things? And so I thought about doing an introduction of having like, I'm embarrassed to even say it out. Um, you're catching me at a real moment, but like, what if I open the show with the sound of somebody sounding like they have an orgasm? Maybe it is like when Harry met Sally yeah. and, you know, asking the question, does that sound make you cringe or does it turn you on? Like, how do you feel about sex? What is your perception about sex? I think it would be a really great way to kind of, um, it, figure out from an emotional aspect of how do you hit them right out of the gates into something that would say, I need to listen to this. This sounds different than what I was expecting. And it sounds different than most of what I tune into. And so I think from a production value, it is the cheapest because you can get clips from YouTube and you can repurpose them. That doesn't mean that you're able to steal, you know, uh, trademark songs, you know, that you'd find on Spotify, but you can take a clip from somewhere. And so I think that would be my answer of just, you know, interrupting what people expect to hear will, will make such a huge impact and make people listen longer. Yeah. I, I definitely think that that would grab people's attention for sure. And I, I, I also think, cause so when, so when I did this, um, Travis challenged me, like when I recorded the first episode, he was like, don't look at the download numbers for 30 days. Just like make whatever you want to make. Don't look at it. And then after 30 days, I looked and I was looking through the stats and there was one episode where, you know, hundred percent of however many people listen, listen for the first two minutes and then 50% dropped off. And huh. then, the, but then the rest of the 50% listened to the whole thing. And it turned out in that episode, like the introduction was like a minute and then my little like lead in my guest or whatever was two minutes, like it led up to two minutes. So to me, it was like, right, they came in, they listened, they heard what it was about and they were like, this is not for me. And so they left, mm -hmm. but everybody else that stayed, stayed for the whole thing. So to That's me, awesome. yeah. So to me, it's like what you're saying would be the same thing where people will listen to that and some people like maybe will be like, you know, this is not for me. Sure. But then the rest of the people will listen because they're hooked now. And so you get out of the way really quickly. This is what this episode is going to be about. This is the content. Do you want to listen? Do you not want to listen? And then yeah. hopefully the rest of them would stay. So that sounds like a great way to like grab people's attention 
for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would highly encourage you to do that. I think, and also it would be a fun experiment to do. So, yeah, <laughs> go for it. I'm trying to make it a little more provocative, but at the, as you can tell, it's not. Uh, it's it's not normally in my lexicon. Not to not be provocative, but I think I've played it fairly safe. But I think it's t it's time to kind of dig deeper into some of the topics that are really affecting how we interact with each other and get real about it and not, I don't, I don't know that everything has been so nice, nice. And I, I don't intend to throw people under the bus, but to have meaningful conversations around the psychology behind a lot of the topics that are the most important to us. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think it kind of seems crazy when you say it like that, that there's topics that we all widely like participate in or however you want to put it but nobody talks about it it's like being in like mm -hmm. the 60s or something and it's not like that's not where we are right now so yeah that's kind of crazy well, i think okay. personally you know they say in in polite society and you're in england i wonder if it's the same over there too you know that you never talk about sex politics religion money but those four things are so central to our lives we don't know anything about it and we don't know how to talk to each other. I actually think not talking about it is what got us in this mess. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially things like because I always find money an interesting one, right? Because it's like this unwritten rule. Like I could never ask you how much you earn. And if I did ask you, you should be offended because that's what society says. But then at yeah. the same time, then you just go around like it's like me assuming like Alison Hare is a celebrity podcaster. She doesn't have a job. Because, but if I never asked you, I would never know. And these are topics that you just assume, like, you know, and, and I feel like it counts for everything. Like people would look at your podcast and be like, you know, to your point, success is objective or subjective. Yeah. But people will look at it and be like, it's hugely successful. So why would I even try and do anything like that? But they don't know. And this is another thing. It's like, if you don't talk about it, then you, then you're not really in the know. You basically know what you read on the internet. So, you know, that doesn't well, I love. Count. I love the perception that I am a super successful podcaster. I'm all about oh, yeah, it. Absolutely. And you know what? I think um I think there is, you know, like I think there is some success in having that many episodes and do it consistently and to yeah. show up, whether it is social media, whether it is through a blog, whether it's through my website, whether it's going live, whether it's through podcasting or clubhouse or fireside or any of those things. I think it is um I think that should be celebrated for continuing a meaningful discussion, whatever that means to you. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And then like talking about meaningful discussion, the great thing about podcasting is that these podcast episodes live, well, for let's say forever. I feel as like long as you pay for your hosting, it lives I, forever. That's what I was, that's, yeah, that's what I was getting at. But I was like, then it gets complicated. But yeah, as long as you pay for your hosting, they last forever. So then, you know, today nobody might be listening, but in a year's time, lots of people might be listening. And yeah. so you get to make a consistent impact, you know, for as long as you pay for your hosting. So, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and then on the podcaster's journey, before we move on, I wanted to ask, so you, you have guests that, or you, yeah, you have people that come on the show and they give you a growth tip. Um, so my question was going to be, what is your biggest growth tip? Um, it's such a good question because it is so subjective of how you grow. I think interacting, giving a reason for your audience to interact with you. And by that, I mean, you know, you may listen to the Dak Shepherds of the world and really like their content or Smartless, but they're not saying, call me, send me a note, tell me what you think about it. 
And they're also not saying share it with your friends, but the independent creators need to. And I think they need to remind people. And that's not like, please subscribe, rate, and review. It's, it's, uh, it's noise at this point, but give them a reason to like, you know, if, if I'm, if I am doing a podcast about uh, emotional eating and I say, you know, think of three of your friends right now, and this I put on the podcast that, that really struggle that I've mentioned or that, you know, that, you know, really struggle with keeping their, you know, like their, their, uh, snack bandit tendencies under control during COVID, you know, when people are just raiding the pantry, think of three of your friends and send this episode to them right now. It could change their whole life. And that, you know, if you give them a reason and you remind them of who they need to message, then it's easy. If you have somebody like Adam Grant, Adam Grant is um, a really famous organizational psychologist. His content is so compelling. You can't help but share it. But I think if you're an independent creator that's in the midst of all of it, what you really want is you want, you want a message and talk to your super fans. And those super fans might be five people, but as long as you deliver to those five people, those five people are going to tell 10 people and those 10 people are because they're going to talk to the right people. And so that is really where you vote. The, really the best growth is when you're talking organically to the people that you're messaging. And so, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is to say, I've got, you know, I message my podcast is for everybody, any age, anybody would be interested in this, but I, I would never want to be any, just anybody. You know, maybe you're looking at somebody who is really into fitness, who is a stay-at-home mom that struggled with having a C-section, you know, like you get really, really specific and that is who you message every time. So that would be my growth tip. Okay. That is a great growth tip. Engagement has been a huge um, kind of answer to those sorts of questions on this show. And yeah, and I, I would agree, like if you have super fans, you should talk to them. What would you say is your growth tip? Oh. What have you learned? Um... I think what I've learned, so ironically, I think in a roundabout way, what I've learned is it mostly from my other podcast, right? I didn't really know, like I knew how to do the podcasty stuff because, you know, I'm a tech guy, I can record video, I can record audio, and then I learned the rest as I go. But I didn't really have any idea about social media because I'm not a social media guy. So I would just put a tweet out and be like, hey, this podcast is out. This is my guest or something. That was it. Then I'd put it on LinkedIn and because it's an app development podcast, so I put it on there. And then I'd get people that would just randomly, who I don't know, because I just assumed it was just my friends that were listening that would come to me and say, I really like this thing. What do you think about this? Or I really like you to have this guest on the show. Or I had somebody last week, I think. So my other show has been on pause for a while while I'm doing this show. And I had some guy um, last week who's like a huge YouTuber in app development space. And he messaged me randomly on Twitter. I never spoke to him before in my life. And he was like, please keep doing this podcast because it's like missing in, in the app development space. Like this is the thing that's been mm, missing. That's great. What is your other podcast about? It's about app development. So by day, I'm an app developer. As, as we established, we're not all full-time podcasters. So I did a show about app development, which is way more comfortable than doing this show because huh. that's my that's my jam which like I like because this puts me out of my comfort zone but it's interesting because then it makes it like that one I feel like it's really easy to have conversations with people because we both know exactly what we're talking about and here it always feels like you know my guest knows what they're talking about and I kind of have to like 
pre- not pretend, but it feels like pretending. So yeah, but it, to answer your question, my growth tip would basically be talking to those people because through talking to him, I got him on the show for the next season and he's not done an interview anywhere else because he has anxiety. So that was awesome. Oh, that's and then, amazing. You know, yeah, exactly. And then because of that, him being on that show, you know, it went from he has anxiety, he's not sure about being on the show to being on the show to literally the next day saying he's starting a podcast. And then he recorded his first episode and released it the next day after that. That's so, something. My yeah, husband is a mobile cool. app developer. I'll have to tell him about oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's an Android developer. That is what I do as well. Really? Oh, how funny. That's a very small world, yeah. Yeah, I'm an iPhone user, so I'm not in his world there. He can never help me when it comes to iPhone's uh, apps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's that's um, so strange. I've literally... Yeah, the only app, the only people that I know that are app developers are people that I've worked with or my friends. So now I know one more person that does you know Android, one more. which is super cool. Yeah, And usually, like if it's at night, obviously during the day I'm recording here, but at night I'll record in my husband's office. So it is totally geeked out. There are little Android figures and skateboards awesome. and guitars yeah. everywhere. As, as he started reading, there's a book called Androids that came out just recently. I'm not sure if he has. All right. Well, if he's not started reading it and he doesn't yet know about it, then that is a great Christmas present. So just, you know, That's good to know. There you go. We'll get right back to today's episode. But before we do, if you would like to get podcasting tips or tricks or hear about things that I've learned or interesting podcasting people that I found this week or even interesting podcasts that I found this week, then you can sign up to The Insider, which is my email newsletter. It comes out every Friday with everything in it that I just mentioned. Tons of great information in there. And you can sign up for that at insidethepod.co slash insider. Now, back to the conversation. So I've got a couple of a couple of bits left and then some quick fire questions and then we can wrap. But I wanted to talk about guests because you have the Culture Changes podcast and you've had some big, big guests on the show. And one of the things that I'm interested in is like when I do this show, right? So for your interview, for example, I Googled Alison Hare podcast interviews. I found as many as I could find that you've done. And then I listen to him because I don't want this to be exactly the same as everything else. And I also don't want to ask you a question that I think is really interesting. And it turns out that the answer is not so interesting, right? So I've wasted five minutes of this interview asking you a question that you've answered 15 other places. But you've had big guests on, like, the name escapes me now. I'm thinking Elon Musk, but it's not. This is my brain playing tricks on me. Um, Seth Godin, Jesse Itzler. There you go. Seth, Go- Seth Godin. I, that's been, I've been swapping their names up all day. I don't know why. But So you've had Seth Godin on your show, right? Who's done tons of interviews, and he's been around for a long time. Um, you've had Jesse Itzler, same thing. So, like, how do you prepare for those interviews? Because the, the interviews that you did with them were great, but it feels like it would be... Like I, I'm interested, I guess, in the process of how you how you prepare for those so you have such a great interview at the end of it. I think with Seth Godin, I had been consuming his content literally every single day because he publishes a blog post every day. And I had been consuming it for 10 years. But there's a beauty when people are interviewed a lot because my brain learns in audio. And so I would listen to a lot of interviews with Seth Godin and my brain would just fire off questions. And so I'd be driving around in the car. And so a lot of it would write itself. And I remember being really nervous for that one because he's somebody I look up to so much and he's so kind and gracious. And I really wanted to make it a powerful interview, just like you, you know, like I didn't want to ask them the same kind of stuff and the obvious stuff and wanted to make a personal connection and 
you know, have have it be meaningful and have people walk away feeling inspired and that they learned from it. And also I wanted him to, re- to respect me as somebody that interviewed him. So I just, I wrote down pages and pages of questions and, you know, I, I didn't, I never use notes when I'm, when I'm interviewing people because I wanted to be really conversational, but I did prepare a lot. And I remember being so, like, every time I would think about it, my stomach would get knots and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, you know? And like 15 minutes before the interview, I just stopped and was calm and took a deep breath. And for some reason I started to chill and it, it was great. And I think by the end of it, I, cr- I was crying <laughs> because he said, he said, Allison, you're a pro. And, uh, and I was so touched by that and so grateful to, to have him acknowledge me in that way, whether it's true or not. Um, I was just grateful for that moment, but yeah, normally, um, the best way, the most effective way, and not everybody has audio interviews out there or even video interviews. For me, it is listening to them. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody may ask them a question. And I'm like, yeah, but what about whatever? And then my mind just goes somewhere else. And so I'll write down that somewhere else question. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. Cause I, I do like, I listen to them in the gym because that's when I like, all I'm doing is I'm doing my gym stuff and I'm listening and I have the same thing. Questions come to me. And then the great thing about listening to other interviews is you get to hear the answer. And then you, as a listener, you're like, well, why didn't they follow up and ask? Like, I want to yes. know about this thing. And so then you get to just, cause I, I find like through doing this, I can skip the first bit and I can just be like, Oh, Alison, you know, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this, but what about this thing? And then it's just like, well, if you want to find out the rest, you can go to this show. And then if you want to find out the bits that they didn't ask, you can come to this show. So yeah, that's interesting. There's interesting, similar process. There's actually a master technique that people are starting to use now that instead of the long intros with all their credentials, because generally people don't like listening to their bios before you start. And, you know, you said this before we started recording, like, hey, I'm going to do a proper intro, you know, but I think, um, I think there are artful ways of, you know, of incorporating their accolades or their history or their bio in a question like, hey, you've been on the bestseller list 45 times or however many, you know, for every book, you're releasing a book next week. Does it matter to you that it hits it again? You know, like I think there are ways to artfully and masterfully ask questions that are going to be powerful and meaningful and still acknowledge their bio without reciting it. And, you know, like the, the worst thing I think to do is to put yourself below who your guest is. Like, I'm so, I admire you so much. I, you know, like everything you do is gold. I'm so great. You know, like there is an, a level of acknowledgement and respect, of course, but I think it is important to establish yourself as as an equal human, because you are an equal human, but it can be, you can get starstruck, you know, sometimes it's hard to, you know, kind of get in that space when people have experienced so much more than you might have. Yeah. So that was going to be my follow-up to that, which was, have (laughs) you had that experience of like interviewing someone and being starstruck, but to the debt, to what you feel, I suppose, was the detriment of that interview. Have you had that experience or have you managed to get around that? I actually feel like I don't get nervous. It's more adrenaline. And maybe that is nervousness coming out in a different way. 
I have had people tell me that I sounded like a fangirl for Jesse Itzler's interview, but I don't hear it that way. And, and, and you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm open to feedback, of course, but Jesse Itzler also is somebody that I've admired and is somebody I just genuinely respect and admire and love, loved being around him, loved having the opportunity to talk to him. And I thought it was, you know, I thought it was uh, a, a really powerful interview. And he's a masterful, masterful at being interviewed as well and giving a really great, meaningful one. But generally speaking, I don't, I don't get nervous, but I do get adrenaline and just kind of lean into the adrenaline and just run with it. Yeah, I think adrenaline's okay. I feel like nervous is like when your mind goes blank and you don't really know what to say and they answer the question, you're just like, oh. But yeah, adrenaline <laughs> is just like you're pumped for the interview. And then I feel like that comes across in audio as well. Because one of the things, so when you're talking about, you know, I'm going to do the intro, I try and do what you were saying, which is like, I'll ask questions. So as we go through the interview, people will learn like, oh, you know, Alison has this podcast, Culture Changes, and it's been around for two years and it's had a hundred podcasts, but I didn't have to say those things. Like it came mm. out. Um, but I also found when I do the stuff that happens before, you know, so I'll just be like, you know, today's guest is Alison here. And in this episode, we talk about, you know, whatever. And I'll pick what I think are the three or four most interesting things. I always find that that never sounds like I'll record it and I'll, I'll feel like excited. And then when I listen back, it feels like I was half asleep while I recorded it. So I feel like having, <laughs> having a bit of adrenaline while you do this stuff is always a positive. I think so too. I think there's different styles too. Like Kathy Heller is a uh, a really well-known podcaster and she is she specializes in people that want to leave their normal day job to do the fun thing that they love on the side and make money at it. And she interviews people like which I would probably drop dead, but she interviews people like Matthew McConaughey and Rob Lowe and Malcolm Gladwell and Seth Godin and all of these people and she goes above and beyond fangirl over them and she's so in it and i maybe people get annoyed by that by that but i love the enthusiasm that she brings to people where she'll be like you know i got my hair done and my makeup done and i can't believe that i'm talking to my you know teenage crush rob lowe on a zoom call and you're on my podcast like there's something endearing about that and again i'm not going to be for everybody She's not going to be for everybody, but she's going to be a lot for a lot of people if she's authentic to herself. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's what I was going to say. Some people might not like it and find it annoying, but then they don't have to listen. They so, don't have to listen. Yeah. yeah, there's so many so many other podcasts that'll suit you just fine. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the great thing about podcasting. Um, and then so before before we wrap, so I wanted to talk about the weekend podcaster because you have this. I've heard you talk about it like nearly every episode of the podcaster's journey. It's like the weekend podcaster, and I was like, oh, this sounds this sounds really cool, right? And when I was starting, if this was a thing, and I know you did it remotely, I don't know if it's still remote, but I was like, if if this was a thing, you know, where I could go somewhere and do this like a workshop across like a weekend, that would be awesome. And one of the things that I wanted to ask is from having done this, you would have seen loads of podcasts and I know that you've helped launch some successful podcasts, you know, successful being subjective, but to me successful. My question is, right, people come to the podcast, like the weekend podcast workshop because they want help with their podcast. But is there something that you see that's generally holding people back from starting their podcast and which is why they end up, you know, coming to you? Oh, a hundred percent. It is, it is fear of their baby, their passion. They come in full of passion and overanalyzing 
well, is this going to be what hits it big? Is this going to be the right thing? So they start to kind of water down their own passion and their own idea because they're afraid it's already been done or that they don't have a voice good enough and, you know, or they don't, they don't know if they can do it. So they start to kind of talk themselves out of it. So the weekend podcaster is a, essentially a three-day launch course where you come in on, on a Friday with an idea, but essentially you're paying us money to make sure and guarantee that you're going to get this podcast done. And so Friday, you come in with an idea. We work on it with you all throughout the weekend. And by Sunday, you have a fully produced, published podcast, um, professionally produced podcast ready to launch with, uh, you know, a marketing strategy and um, and uh, building out your season as well. So we we kind of help you stand it up. But again, when you leave too much time with it, especially if it is something that's a hobby and something that is so passionate, they're so passionate about where they're like, I have all these ideas or I have this one idea, but, you know, I don't know, like they start getting hung up on, you know, I can't, I can't release it because the cover art, you know, I, I'm not sure it's what I want. Like, should I put my face on it? And they they just get caught up in the details. So we're like, Let's fine tune this and let's make sure that this is going to be something that um, is is going to be fuel your passion and something that's going to be marketable. And so that's kind of where we come in and help. But I would say all day it's people's, you know, imposter syndrome that kind of talks them out of it. And that's where we come in and we, you know, like we kind of spark and inspire, you know, I think the benefit of it is that it, we have them in small cohorts. So you may come in and say, I have this idea about uh, BMX bikes that I really love it. And, you know, somebody else might say, well, wouldn't it be fun to do one about BMX bikes for girls in over 40? And they're like, wow, oh, I never even thought of that. And then all of a sudden you start to snowball because people are kind of sharing their ideas and want each other to succeed because uh, people are far more likely to help and support each other than they are for themselves. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. And whoever is listening can go and find the Weekend Podcaster in the show notes. So if that's something they want help with, then definitely go and check Thank it out. Thank you. And then, so I have a couple of quickfire questions. They never end up being quickfire questions. All but, right, I'll so try, and, I'll try and be not long-winded. Yeah, I was going to say, don't feel pressured to be fast, but um, be be fast, be fast if okay. you can. Um, so the first question is, um, I know the answer to this because this is the reason I got this one, um, which is what microphone do you use? I am using a Rode, Rodecaster Pro. I think that's what it's called, Pro. So I have the, well, I have the, I think it's called a Procaster. That's it. So the Rodecaster Pro is the mixing board. The Procaster is the mic I use. <laughs> There you go. See, this is why it never ends up being quick fire because right. people are like, I got the answer. And then they're like, hold on, hold on. Um, so what podcast hosting platform do you use? Simplecast. Okay, awesome. Um, and then the last quick fire question is what are your top three favorite podcasts right now? This will be easy. Smartless, Armchair Expert, and um oh, what's the name of it? It's so good. A slight change of plans. I knew it was coming. A slight change of plans. Ah, cool. Okay. Nice. All right. What, what is that about? Because I've not heard of that one. So it is about when things change, but it is done by a cognitive behavioral scientist. So she is a doctor 
and really well known in the space. So she has such an interesting take. So she, I think on our very first episode, she interviewed um, a black man who went into clan meetings and would turn clan members into normal human beings and like took the time to get to know them and like teach them that this is not the right way. I don't know how a black man was able to ingratiate himself into uh, clan culture, but he did. <laughs> so it's called a slight change of plans. All right, cool. I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah. List. That's another reason I like asking that questions is because then I get great recommendations. Oh, it's brilliant. You're probably always inspired to listen to new podcasts. I, I always get told at least one that I've not heard about that sounds interesting. And because podcast discovery in general is so hard, this is a great way to get recommendations. So yeah, it works out for everybody. And then I have I have two more questions and then we're done. So the first question is, um, what is something that you have changed your mind about recently? Podcast related? Anything related. I mean, I can do a personal and podcast. For podcasts, I think it is the consistency is that uh, you can be a lot more flexible and it's going to be just fine. Nobody is going to tell you that you aren't worth anything because you skipped a week or had to deal with some stuff. I think... Um, I think to be more forgiving of yourself. And I think personally, I'm learning about the law of reception and that is how to receive compliments, how to receive things that are good without not feeling worthy of it. That's cool. I've, I've never heard of the law of reception, but it's, I understand what it, well, I guess I understand because it sounds like what it is, but I've never heard of that before. So that's pretty interesting. It's new to me too. I'm exploring it. All right, cool. All right. I might have to give that one a Google afterwards because, yeah, that sounds really interesting. All right, cool. That was a great answer. Um, and then the last question is, if somebody can only listen to one episode of Culture Changes, which one would you tell them to go and listen to? Seth Godin. Easy. Yeah. Seth Godin. I love the one on emotional eating, too. And I think the matriarchy, I was very proud of that one, too. Yeah, the matriarchy one was great. The Seth Godin one was really good. But the, I've listened to a bunch of them. I, like, I would just go and be like, just go and listen to all 98 episodes. I'm so honored by that, too. And, you know, I just did. I think another cool thing, too, is that I'm experimenting. I'm always experimenting. And I figured, what do I need? What do I need? And one of the things that I found hard was finding a really good walking meditation. And so... I created one and that's something I never had done before. It was different. It was different, you know, muscle that you're exercising to kind of uh, do that way. So I think that one is kind of fun too. If you have 30 minutes and just want to go for a walk and clear your head, that'd be a, a, a nice change of pace too. Yeah, for sure. So I've, I've downloaded that. I've not yet listened to it, but ironically, that's something that I was wondering, does this exist? Cause I like walking and I like listening to stuff. And I was like, if I could get meditation in there when I walk, then it would be perfect. And I hadn't found anything yet, but um, I'll, I'll give it a listen. And you'll have to let me know if it, if it does anything for you. Yeah, I will let you know for sure. Um, yeah, because I I feel like, yeah, I heard I heard the the bits that you were recording on Instagram, like where you were posting clips and stuff, which I thought was fun. So if people are listening to this, then they can go and find that stuff too. Which leads me to my last question. See, I'm working on my transitions. Which is where can people find you online? Where can they find you on social media? All that good stuff. I am the most active on Instagram, so I would say Allison underscore underscore hair or the podcaster's journey. Hair is spelled A J R E like the rabbit. You can go to allisonhair.com or just download Culture Changers uh, on whatever your favorite podcast listening app is. But I thank you for the question and I thank 
you for the time, Rob. This has been really fun and interesting, and you asked some really great thought-provoking questions as well. I appreciate it. Huge thanks to today's guest, Alison Hare. You can find Alison over on Instagram. You can find her on Twitter. You can find her on our website. And make sure you check out her show, Culture Changes, and definitely check out her show, The Podcaster's Journey. If you are a podcaster or wannabe podcaster, then that is the show that inspired this show. And there is tons and tons of value to be gained from that show. So make sure you check it out. And as always, all the links to all of that are in the show notes, or you can go to insidethepod.co slash episode 12. So you may or may not have noticed, depending on when you're listening to this, that there was two weeks, the last two weeks previous to this episode where no episode came out. And a couple of you reached out to me and asked me like, hey, Rob, what's going on with the show? And the answer is very simply that real life, a lot of work happened and I didn't have time to get this episode out. And I could have probably rushed to get it out and get it done, but I really didn't want to. I wanted to make sure that this season finale was as good as it could be. So I wanted to take the time to do it right. And so I missed two weeks with no episodes coming out so that I could bring you this as best as it could be. And within those two weeks, I also got my first coffee donation for the show and it was donated by Billy Thorpe. So Billy, if you're listening, shout out to you. Thank you very much. And if you guys are not familiar with Billy, he's a podcaster. He has his own podcast called Podcasting for Money, which I think you'll definitely be interested in. I think the title gives everything away there. And he also posts a ton of great content over on Instagram at Podcasting for Money. So make sure you shout him out. Huge thanks to Billy for that coffee donation. And if you would like to buy me a coffee, then you can do so by going to insidethepod.co slash buymeacoffee. Or conversely, you could go to buymeacoffee.com slash insidethepod, whichever way you want to do it. And if you're not familiar with buy me a coffee, then you should definitely get familiar because it's probably something that you want to add to your podcast, which is very simple. You create an account on buy me a coffee. They give you a link. You put the link out there. And then if anybody wants to buy you a coffee and it doesn't have to be a coffee, it could be a pizza or a burger, or whatever you want, really. It's just a way to allow people to donate to your show without specifically having to ask them for money. So it's not Patreon. You don't necessarily, you can set it up, I believe, to get things from it, but you don't necessarily get things from it. So you could set it up so somebody buys your coffee and gets content or gets something else, but mine is just set up purely for this podcast so that if you're listening to the show and you appreciate the content, then you can go over to buy me a coffee and you can donate to show your appreciation. And again, if you don't have this set up for your podcast, I would highly recommend you do that because I also have it set up for my other podcast, which again is 100% free. And over the course of a year, I think I was donated $100, which may or may not sound like a lot to you, but $100 is $100. And that's, you know, maybe 30 people showing their appreciation by buying me a coffee or numerous coffee. So it's a pretty cool thing to have. And I think I'm going to end the season on that tip. This is the end of season one of Inside the Podcast Studio. It is the season finale. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear your feedback over at Inside the Pod Studio on Instagram, or you can hit me up rob at insidethepod.co on email. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you would like to hear from season two. I can tell you I've probably already recorded about six or seven interviews for season two. Tons of content coming there. We have a bunch of great guests. We have Zach, the podcast man. If you're not familiar, get familiar. Go find him on Instagram. We have Dave Jackson. Some may call him the podfather. I'm still working on getting Billy Thorpe. So I think Billy Thorpe, who who I just mentioned, podcasting for money, will potentially be a season two guest. We have Dylan, the podcast coach. 
digital podcaster over on Instagram who drops tons and tons of great value and a bunch of other guests who you'll definitely want to hear from. So make sure you stay subscribed to this feed. If you've enjoyed this season, please recommend it to a friend or fellow podcaster. I'd really appreciate it. And I will catch you in the next season of Inside the Podcast Studio. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at insidethepod.co slash donate or by hitting the link in the show notes. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. And if you don't want to miss future episodes of the show, make sure you follow or subscribe in your podcast app of choice. And also make sure you hit that auto download button so the next episode will be downloaded straight to your device and ready to go. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode of Inside the Podcast Studio. A coffee and coding production.